0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Unscripted.
1: As always, we hope you enjoy this one and we will catch you in
0: the episode. Today we're going to be talking about some things that we have in our mind to you guys. So, let's begin. Caitlin, what you got, girl? Oh, what man. You, what you feeling? What, what you've been going through this week, bro?
2: Um, Wow. I think, I think a lot emotionally, a lot spiritually. God just kind of um, refreshing me, I guess is what I would say. Um, it's been pretty... Heavy emotionally, but really good. I feel like I'm growing closer to the Lord. I'm feeling things um, in my spirit that I used to feel that I feel like I'm just getting closer to him and reconnecting in a way I haven't been in a long time. But yeah, what about you, Keeks?
1: Um, it's been a trying week, but it's been a good week. Like It's been a productive week as far as like emotionally going
0: mm-hmm. and
1: like spiritually, but it's also been a trying week very very trying but very very productive um i think i've had to accept and like believe some hard things this week but they were like really important to believe um and to and to move forward in so yeah that's that's where i'm at we've we all had you, like Jeremy? a stressed
0: week good grief yeah. no it's uh, one for caitlin one for hegan and now for me like I've been looking, Maddie and I have been looking for a house. Mm-hmm. We've been trying to apply for everything. And it's mm-hmm. like crazy amount of money just for the application mm-hmm. process itself, yes. which is ridiculous.
2: How much does your, your like one application cost you? One
0: application? Cause we do two. You have to do two for right. both of us. Right. So on average right now it's been 160. Golly. So I think in total we've done like 320 worth. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've done wow. like two of them, but it's still like, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And to get, to get it to not even for you to for six to nine months or whatever it may be to this area. Right. There's some places that we've been looking at um, with that, that time wait or that waiting list. But we're like, why don't we just look for a house to rent where we can just get it ASAP? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like ridiculous, bro. Yeah.
1: We are moving actually like the house was like almost,
2: I was going to say what's going on yeah. with that.
1: Oh, okay. So, okay. So the house we're living in now was our, the pastor that we planted with our, my old church. Right. Um, he moved to New Jersey and he's got two houses down here. So then we rent, we were renting to buy the house that he used to live in. Um, but because of some things, uh, we can no longer buy that house. So he's selling it. Um, which makes sense. He's ready to sell it. it it's a good house and it's going to make a lot of mon- like a lot of money off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that we can't buy it, the, the process of him putting it on the market is happening. So, I mean, we had, like, somebody come by and look at the house. Uh, they're supposed to come take a photo shoot of it. So, we've been kind of, like, cleaning up the house. We sold our couch. Like, our house was kind of, like, empty right now. Um, so, right now, we're looking for another house to just rent for a little bit. Um, and I think we found one. We just got to wait to hear back from the people. But, yeah, that's kind of, like, what's up with that. But what I've learned is the housing market right now is, it is atrocious. Atro- yeah, it is, it is a, a seller's market. It is yeah. so bad. Like. Yep. For example, we were looking at the the houses in the Victoria Parks and like yeah. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They're for bid for the highest bidder, like whoever has the best credit, all that jazz. But whoever throws up the best money, mm-hmm. that's who they go to. That is insane. It's like, the
2: smartest thing to do right now.
1: Yeah, I, because people are are gonna buy either way. So like yeah. the sellers are just like, okay, whoever gives me the mes- the most money. Yeah. So we're not gonna buy a house now. We're gonna wait for the market yeah. to kind of settle out and then. That's going to be a while bro Yeah But even I'll put it this way The house that we're looking at now Is half the size of our house And the same amount of money Yeah yeah, It's crazy bro Mm -hmm. But I mean It is what it is Like
2: And the crazy thing is someone will pay for that.
1: Amen. Someone will pay that amount of money. We're going to have to pay that amount of (laughs) money.
2: Yeah. I mean, our house is a two-bedroom house. I mean, it's just like a ranch-style house. It's a two-bedroom house. It's got a laundry room, a kitchen, a living room, a bathroom. The bathroom is atrocious. It is like original (laughs) to when it was built. It's got a door in the bedroom that leads to the bathroom and a door in the hallway that leads in the bathroom. There's two doors and then this tiny space on the wall, there's the toilet. And there's a giant closet right in front of the toilet and then there's a a sink and the shower. You
0: have a closet in your bathroom?
2: Dude, it's so stupid. Well,
0: I mean some do, they store like towels It's supposed to be like a
2: linen closet, except there's literally like three feet from the wall in the closet. so like if you want to open the door while you're on you the toilet to, you can't
1: you mm. have to like spread the, your
0: legs like all the way
2: to the <laughs> you have to become a gymnast and <laughs> completely do the splits
0: bro that must suck if you're pooping bro no cap
2: <laughs> <laughs> honestly so i'm like okay i've got to keep the toilet paper under the sink i can't put it in that closet in oh, case yeah. like you run out or yeah, whatever yeah. so I mean, bro, it's so stupid i'm,
0: so, I'm sorry I, I can't go number two there but i feel uncomfortable yeah
2: <laughs> it's so dumb i cannot wait to f- we're either gonna fix it or just sell the house our
1: house right now is a three two with Mm -hmm. a pool a screened in pool and and it's in a gated community yeah and we pay we will be paying basically the same amount for a a three two smaller square feet wise and it's just like a regular house and like on a street yeah it's like it's It's crazy how much how expensive the the market is but anyways this isn't a marketing podcast <laughs> we're like we're, make sure you have your assets make sure you have your liabilities we start talking like you want to be view. a millionaire in three weeks <laughs> follow my six step process to invest in cryptocurrency <laughs>
0: i mean i mean to be honest if you think about it we're all adults mm-hmm. you know this is going to happen yeah. eventually this is, the stage yeah. of this is of learning so in. like people who are listening to this are going to be our as or like the same age as us
2: seriously so they
0: got to They have to learn this eventually, you know?
2: Seriously. I mean, I had no idea. There are so many stupid things that go into, like, transferring a title from out-of-state to Florida. And the amount of money that Florida wants to just take from you to get an out-of-state vehicle title. Oh, my gosh. I looked at Tyler. I was like, no. No.
0: No. No.
2: I'm not doing this. No. Then, on top of it, my car was in the shop. It was $815 for that that stupid car to get fixed. I will say, praise the Lord, we had it in savings. Thank you, Jesus. But now we've depleted our savings. And it's gonna cost me four hundred dollars to get the title switched over. Yeah, Plus, yeah. adding me to the insurance. Plus, we have to change over mm-hmm. our phones from Tyler's. Is uh, he has AT and T, so he wants to go to Verizon, <laughs> but we need to get on our own plan. Oh no!
1: Uh, <laughs> go, go to T-Mobile. <laughs> go T-Mobile. <laughs> T-Mobile. T-Mobile.
2: I want good quality phone service. Though I mean, you? it's
1: pretty good. Though. I mean, I use it. Best five G in America. That's all I'm going to say. No. 5G? Yes, sir. No. 5G in America. Mm -mm. Anyways. Okay, okay.
2: (laughs) Anyways, so it's just like all the expenses you don't think about. Yeah. You don't think about that. In fact, he sent me the electric bill the other day, and it was like, I don't even remember, $175. He was like, honey, we're we're shutting off the lights. He goes, yeah. And I was like, what do you want me to do? He was like, I don't know. I'm just letting you know. Like, this is crazy. And I was like.
0: What with that electric bill? Are you going to get like a hamster on a wheel? (laughs) run buddy Making run this house go solar R- run buddy <laughs> oh run <my> <laughs> keep <yeah>. it going
2: <laughs> yeah this is life this is what you get to look forward to
1: i mean it yeah. oh it's exciting it's exciting
2: keegan's like i'm gonna know all about this by the time we move out
1: right I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just soaking everything in so when i move out i know i have to get my title or my tag for my car and yeah. i may have a loophole so Uh-oh. instead of first time you get a tag on a car in Florida, it's like four or five hundred dollars. Yes. So instead of doing it just on my title alone, like just as me as the sole owner of the vehicle, mm-hmm. I'm going to like dual title with my dad. And he already has tags because we own a shop. So he's just got like a bunch of tags and we're just going to take the tag, put it on the vehicle with the title and register the tag to my vehicle and save a bunch of money. Definitely. If, if, or unless. He has to be put on my insurance. Like, if he has to be on my insurance to have a title, then he's just then we're just gonna do like my tag, my title, all that stuff. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, that's exactly what predicament we are in because if we did it, <clears throat> if my dad put the title in my name, then we'd have to pay that new to Florida, tag price, yeah, and it's like yeah. two hundred and fifty dollars just for that. Oh, sheesh. And it's like, hey. so she looked at me. She said, "Well, if you had to do it, it would be upwards of like six, seven hundred. But if you if your husband, like if you can put it in his name and your name, but he already has a vehicle registered in Florida, then it's only like three fifty to four hundred. And I was like, still.
1: cost You said that like
0: it was cheap. I'm yeah.
2: It cost fifty five dollars to get a stupid driver's license and it cost four hundred dollars to get a tag and a license plate changed. And I was like, Oh my.
1: Welcome gosh. to Florida. Yeah. Wh- welcome to Wh- Florida. Welcome. <laughs> um I guess to to change topics. Yeah. Something that something that I am uh that I've I was talking to my dad about last night is man, my eyeball is like falling out right now. It oh, is really? so dry. <laughs> without
0: without context and people going to be like,
1: "Hmm. Huh. No, man. I don't know what's going on with my eye right now." Anyways, uh it's not tears I promise. Need some holy water. <laughs> um I was talking to my dad last night and he walked in while I was reading the Bible and First Peter one, something says sprinkling with of the blood. And I was like, S- sprinkling of the blood. So I looked up, I was like, okay, what does sprinkling mean? Because in in our language, sprinkling is to like, you know, sprinkle something, yeah. throw, throw some water on something, you sprinkle some water on something. But back then in the Greek, that word means to purify, to, mm-hmm. it means purification. So, uh, peter saying to the to the pilgrims of the early church is uh actually you know what read it i'll read it word for word real quick he says rakadis he says according to the foreknowledge of god the father and the sanctification of the spirit for obedience to jesus christ for sprinkling with his blood may grace and peace be multiplied to you so what he's saying actually is like if you look up the, the greek definition of sprinkling it means purification But if you look on how it's used when you're talking to somebody, it means to serve. It means appointed to sprinkle. In other words, to serve, to purify. So he's Mm -hmm. talking to these people because of their obedience to serve, to purify others. Not by their own works, obviously, but like it says, with the blood. Anyways, I just found it interesting, the language barrier of the Bible and modern day English. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um.
0: That's that's quite interesting. Because if you really think about it, that happens multiple times. Not just with that one word, yep. but in many different variations of, like, throughout each book. There was one that came to my mind. I forgot what it was. It's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't seem to remember it. Oh, I hate that. And I hate that. That's, like, the worst thing ever. It'll eventually come back to me. Yeah. But what I was going to say is that there. I, what I like about, and I know we had, like, this whole thing back, I think it was, like, a couple like what podcast ago that we were talking about um, how some people get into like depth of one word. But sometimes it's necessary to do that though. Right. That's not every word that you have to get into. Like say Mm -hmm. the, like, Oh my gosh, Jesus used the in this way or Jesus used water in this way. Sometimes it's not like that, but sometimes we have to really break down a word because it could be in a different variation or a different manner of what we use. Right. um, Which is really good.
1: Yeah, there's a difference between like over over analyzing a word that obviously means the same thing in the in our language and the previous language. Yeah. And then there's like sprinkling where they mean two different things. And right. if you read it without without understanding like the original context, it literally sounds like they're walking around sprinkling blood on people. Like it's yeah. like the most weird thing ever, <laughs> but in in all reality that's not what they're doing at all.
2: Right. Tyler and I kind of talked about something. I think it was yesterday. Um, we were talking about how some people think that, I, I think it's the Catholic Church believes that hell is basically just separation from God. It's not actually like a place. That That's like what the Catholic Church believes. But, you know, the Bible does talk about hell being like the lake of fire. No. Right? And so Tyler was like, there was this woman who, like God gave her a vision of what hell was like to help bring her back to um to him.
1: Yeah.
2: And she said when you th- you know the bible says lake of fire and you think okay fire but fire she goes but then fire would make you think light. And what you don't understand is, is there is no light in in hell. She was like so you think like a fire she goes really what he showed her and you know you have to take this with a grain of salt. Yeah. But um what he was showing her was like it is pitch black, and it is like your body is constantly um, being restored back to its original, untampered with self and being destroyed over and over again. That's what hell is like. Your body is in constant agony. So it's like your body, almost like if your body could completely disintegrate and then you poof back like in a video game.
1: Like
0: Thanos did to the Avengers? Yes.
2: She goes, it's almost like that's what it happens like over and over again. But there's no light. It's just darkness and you're chained. And this is where you are in hell. She's like, but people think like a fire and we don't really know what it is right none oh, of us yeah, have been yeah. to hell yeah so it's like we don't really know what it is but that could be one of those things where people just go down a gravy you know a, a rabbit hole as into what hell actually is Wait,
0: from what you're saying maybe, well correct me if i'm right so, so you were saying that it was a woman right mm-hmm. the woman was saying that when she thinks of fire it's light
2: Yes, because fire will always put off light.
0: Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that makes sense. But to me, well, I think majority, when you somebody hears fire, they think of like heat, heat. burn. Right. Yeah. Like right. pain.
2: Right. So she was saying if people think like there is going to be light and hell, and like I said, take this with a grain of salt because yeah. we don't know, there is no light. Mm-hmm. It is constant burning, yeah. constant like disintegration to yourself. She's like, and just I just mean, that be. part makes sense.
1: Yeah. yeah. I just don't understand. But the, the part that threw me off is she's you said she said mm-hmm. that it was like she was being restored to her original state and then destroyed again
2: I, she said that like that's apparently like the best way she could describe it again oh, okay. this is tyler yeah, yeah, listening yeah. to this tyler telling yeah. me the telephone me game yeah the, yeah the yeah, telephone yeah. game so like i said take it with a grain of salt yeah. but it's like i don't know if that's exactly really what she yeah. meant as much as that's the best way her carnal mind can describe that yeah sense. that part makes sense. her vision was.
1: Mm, ain't no restoration to the original right. glorification that's right. part of heaven you know like, right
2: right but that's exactly what i thought it was like a video game you know how like you, you like, you like you power back yeah. up and then you die you know there what was I mean?
1: actually okay so i know a guy at one of my old churches that i went to where he was a dude that kind of just like sat in the back and you never really thought anything about like his testimony or anything like that because he was just real quiet and off to the side mm-hmm. you didn't think he was like You just didn't think anything really. He was just like a guy that was there and he was in a wheelchair and whatnot. And, um, so one day he comes to youth and he shares his testimony. But what happens is, is he gets, I think he was a gang member or something like that. And basically he ends up like testing God and is like, God, like testing God, not like show me your goodness, like testing him. Like, do you know who I like him telling God, like, do you know who I am? Like, like very pridefully. So he ends up getting in a car accident and long story short the car accident is so bad that the the things the the vessels i guess you could say that um transport certain certain parts blood to certain parts of your body are replaced with tubes inside of him um so he's got like literal i don't know if they're rubber or whatever but literal tubes inside of him oh in and, his heart in his uh, somewhere in his body somewhere yeah like the valves S- in yeah. his heart are pla- so much place. to the point to where he can't lay down like if he lays down he'll he will cough up blood like blood, oh, wow. w- he'll choke on his blood. Yeah. So he sleeps like in, in a rocking chair, like, you know, like sitting straight up. Um But he goes to tell us all this, that when this happened, you know, when he was in the hospital and he was out of it, I guess like in a coma or whatever, he was, and I'm skeptical about saying stuff like this, but he said that he was, um w- that Jesus or God, whatever, whoever he said took him to hell and that. He he remembers being in a pit um, mm-hmm. and all he could hear is just like sque- screaming, like like the Bible says, like this gnashing and, and screaming and all that stuff. All he could hear is just wailing people like and wailing and, and screaming and like just unbearably. Yeah. Um, And he was in a pit and he was like trying to climb out of the pit and climb out of the pit, but he, he kept getting pulled back down every time he would climb and get pulled back down. And then Jesus... Came and pulled him out of the pit, and that's when he wakes up from a coma and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. um Anyways, I just thought it was an interesting story that was related to what you said because I don't know. There's like a lot. I mean, you could go on YouTube and there's endless videos of people having like, I saw heaven, I saw hell, I yes. saw, and I'm just I'm skeptical of them because majority of the ones I see have no biblical context to them at all i'm like yes i don't know what you saw but
0: (laughs) i'll I'll provide an example with that too so there was a youtube video of this little girl and it was pretty recent ago i think it was last year um and she was like oh i had god gave me this this dream and blah 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 and she was saying that um a certain date a certain time jesus is gonna come back
2: yeah and i was like
0: Whoa, buddy! No, ma'am. Whoa. <laughs> no, ma'am. And it was like, I'm not. It wasn't an adult.
2: Mm-hmm. We're talking
0: about like a 15 year old kid. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, hold on.
2: Definitely.
0: Girl, you have no idea what you're talking about now. Right. And I was like, your parents, if 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 your parents are in faith, and I don't know what the denom- denom- yeah, denomination they were or right. whatever it may be, I had no context. It was just the girl in the clip. And I was like, no one's going to help her in this situation because nobody's going to say you're wrong. Like, yeah.
1: I I don't know why we have such a problem with with like if somebody says they heard God and it it doesn't align we're like well maybe they're not wrong maybe they just this is what they what actually meant this is what it was actually trying to say I'm like or or maybe you were just wrong well, and that's you like, didn't hear God
2: that's like what I sent you guys yesterday you know that video of the salvation prayer you oh, know what I mean no. like in that video you know, that pastor got upset because the pastor that was doing the salvation prayer said, you know, you undeniably believe that Jesus Christ died for you. He came and right, he's, yeah. he's the the living God, right? And it's like, we talked about that and we were like, no, you can't do that because it, it waters down your faith. It doesn't challenge your faith. I mean, I think there's times where we are like, I mean, I don't ever want to say like I've thought... That I don't think God's real. That's never crossed my mind, mm. but it's definitely hard, especially when you're a kid to wrap your mind around the extent of it because we have carnal minds. Yeah. So we're never going to understand everything fully, but that's like exactly what it reminded me of. It's like, you can't, you can't make it what you want or make it sound nice mm. just to suit something. And I
0: think a perfect example of that, I, w- I know I didn't really respond in that group chat. I was really busy at the moment. but yeah. Jeremy never
1: responded in group really chat. I really
0: Jeremy's always busy, though. I'm, I am so busy. But the f- one thing that comes to my mind is the Israelites. And the reason I say that is because if you think about it, when Moses and, like, Numbers and, and all other sorts, every time they wanted something, they would always ask, oh, where's your God? Where's your God? Mm-hmm. But when they got it, they're like, oh, okay, thank God, thank God. But yeah. it's like, are you doubting them or are you trusting him? Because it's, like, really – They're doubting him most of the time, even Mm -hmm. though he's promised them a land. Yeah. It's, it's like, I understand like they're, they're like a misconception between, do I do it or do I not? There's going to be doubt in that. Right. But I'm not going to, excuse me, I just burped. (laughs) Um, But what I'm trying to say is like, when that, what came to mind was just the Israelites of like, they doubted Mm -hmm. because look at what they did.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Time and time again.
1: Yeah. I don't think the enemy of faith is doubt. I think mm-hmm. the enemy of faith is knowing it all, um, or thinking you know it all, because I mean we see in scripture, and I mean, if we just look at our lives we as humans we have doubt mm-hmm. as humans so, we have we have doubt there's there's you we would be fools to say that we didn't doubt. Are there things that I don't doubt, I, I, without a doubt in my mind, I can say that Jesus Christ is a living God that died and resurrected and is sitting on the right hand side of the father. There's no doubt in my mind Mm -hmm. about that at all. Right. Mm -hmm. Are there doubts about certain things that we go through in life? Yeah, of Mm -hmm. course. Do we doubt in ourselves? Yeah. Sometimes we doubt if God can do something through us. Yeah. All that stuff. But Mm -hmm. it never, I would say that doubt doesn't, how do I say this? (sighs) Isn't the, the major opponent of my faith. Mm Mm-hmm. I can doubt, like, uh, I don't know. What's something I doubt? Something I doubt is, will my will my my family come? All of my family members that that I've prayed for and all that stuff come mm-hmm. to Christ? Is that something that I doubt? Yeah. Yeah. But do I have the? I also have a, a very strong faith that the Lord can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's not the opponent of my faith, but the opponent of my faith would be to say, I know for a fact that they're not going to come to Christ. Yeah. Because I know. Because I. It, it, the, yeah. the opponent of faith is, is knowing, <laughs> and mm-hmm. because if you know, then why have the faith? You know. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Like you can't. Ooh. It's like I said something the other day about how my brother, my oldest brother, he's so smart. He's so smart. He's dumb. You know oh yeah. I mean? yeah, yeah I know. He's so smart that he can't. Sometimes, not all the time, but he can't let go of what's logical and just understand. But he p- it's not that he doesn't understand. It's that he puts on a front, you know, and that, like, just eats at me. It bothers me so much. He won't just allow himself to just be overcome by the Lord, and he fights him. And Daniel, if you're listening, dear God. So it's like <laughs> I always tell him, I'm like, dude, just let God do it. Just let God work in you. Just surrender to him. Like, like, let's stop all this back and forth, man. You know, like, he is so strong he's one of the best men i know like on this whole planet i i hold my brothers and my father in high regard and daniel is just one of those guys that i feel like if god would allow him or if daniel would allow god to move in him that he would i really think that daniel has a, a big calling on his life that he's running from you know so
1: we're making fun of caitlin because she's getting
2: Because I'm what?
1: Getting teary eyed.
2: I mean, I just love my family and I love my brother. So I know that, like, knowledge is almost the enemy of your faith because you depend more on what you know than what you're allowing the Holy Spirit to do within your heart, you know?
1: And that goes to say that, you know, for for the people that may be listening that may not be Christians or may may just be atheists, but you just happen Mm -hmm. to be listening, what we are not saying is that you shouldn't seek to understand the Lord. You shouldn't seek to understand things or ask questions Mm -hmm. and just turn your head to to things that may be, um, that you may not understand that you may think that that may cause doubt. You shouldn't turn your head away from those things. What we're saying is that when, when we get to a point like, uh, who was it? Um, was it Solomon who was like the wisest, yeah, mm-hmm. when we get to a point to where we're like so wise that we no longer depend on anything else but our own wisdom, yeah, we reach a point where it's like, okay, you know nothing. Like, yeah. you're talking about the Creator of all time who mm-hmm. sits above time. To 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 think that He's not real because you can't understand something about Him it is really be prideful. Like, there has to be humility of like, okay, I know nothing in the sight of God, even yeah. if I know everything that there is to know about Earth. I know nothing in the sight of God. Yeah. Um. So it, it's not wisdom that is an enemy. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying wisdom or knowledge is is an enemy of your faith. What we're saying is, I guess the, the um the
2: love for it almost.
1: Um. There's a word I'm looking for though, like the. Ah oh man, the pride maybe, or the mm-hmm. the the arrogance, yeah. the arrogance that comes yeah. with it, or the the know it all. Mm-hmm. Um when you really know nothing. So yeah. it's like Yeah, and right. that's that's what we're saying. We're not saying that that wisdom is an enemy of your faith. No, not at all. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is the arrogance, um the cockiness, I guess you could say, yeah. of I know it all.
2: Allowing yourself to believe that the knowledge you have is more important yeah. than what God is trying or to superior, do. Or you superior. Know? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's definitely a dangerous a dangerous thing I think a lot of people You know can get stuck in.
1: First Peter again just i've been reading about peter first peter um first peter verse one verse six um talks about rejoicing and whatnot um because of the long term the long term because of that we know that we have an inheritance in heaven for us that we can rejoice in in various kinds of trials that we're in right now Mm -hmm. but to tie that into into what we're talking about it's like even though right now we may be in a trial right just to talk about um not knowing and whatnot we may be in a trial but but what we can do is with faith is rejoice in the in the long term that's ahead of us because we understand like hey this this right now sucks yeah. tomorrow may suck the day after that may suck that day may be good then the next day may suck you know mm-hmm. but i can rejoice because of our faith like our faith allows us to to move past what is the present to to look at things with a different lens and that's why it's so important to understand that we know nothing mm-hmm. um because for all we know the the horrible trial that you feel that you're in could really just be like one of the best setups for your life. Exactly. Um, and not in a materialistic way, but maybe just in an emotional way or a spiritual mm-hmm. way, or in a ways that we can't understand. You know. Uh, yeah. Before I keep going, I'll let y'all interject if you have anything.
0: Mm, um, nothing. I mean, something that's been on my mind. I know this is going to be a little bit off of topic. Um, is leadership. And the reason I said that is because of Joshua. And obviously, a lot of people, we know the story of Joshua. He was appointed to be the, the right hand after Moses. But I think some what comes to my mind is people are, some people are scared or nervous to to take that leadership. And then there's other people that are, they want the leadership, but they have to realize you're not the leader yet. I need right. you to sit sit down. So, I mean... Uh, I guess for a little bit, I don't know how much if we have a little bit of time left that we can talk about like just leadership and how you feel about the role of being a leader. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, maybe it's not my time to be a leader mm-hmm. and let me sit back, take in the information or whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, we got like five, 10 minutes. We can talk bet, about that.
0: But bet. so my thing is, is here's what I want to talk about, like when it comes to leadership is a lot of people want that leadership role immediately but don't have what it, not what it takes, but they need to really sit down, listen, open their ears and then take mm-hmm. that information. Yeah. In. And one thing that comes to my mind is a lot of people, and I, I glory to them, glory to God that they'll get called into the ministry and they want to become a pastor or they're called into the pastor and they want to just be that pastor already Yeah. without the process yeah. of becoming that leader. They mm-hmm. just skip to it thinking they're ready well, God's called me. I'm ready. No. Like, there's got to be a... a ste- there's stepping stones to it. And I know the same thing with Joshua. Joshua was nervous. He was like, well, I am not capable to be like Moses. Maybe, well, there's got to be someone else. But God knew that the, there was a leader inside of him to rise up. But there were stepping stones to it. So, I mean, if you guys... That have anything like what going in, like taking, with with trying to get to a leader by all means, because what I mean by that is like, I know it sounds confusing. My words suck. No, it doesn't. Um, no, you make
1: you're making perfect sense right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, What I'm saying is, if you have any examples of somebody that has come up from a role, or even you might by a chance, that um, has come up from a, a role of being in that spot to trying to get to a leader, like helping people get to that spot, hmm. like the people are listening. I was what I'm what I'm trying to say. Hmm.
1: Uh wait, are you talking to us or to Yeah, the, you, you. Oh, okay. uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll 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 say I'll use me. So before I came to Trinity, I was in another district or church, couple of churches. Anyways, for like 6 <laughs> years um and through those 6 years my foundation was being built, um my confidence in my calling, my ability to to preach and all that stuff was being built learning how to serve, building connections, all those things, all those wonderful wonderful things that you need in the start of your your walk with Christ, especially if you're going to be in ministry. Um, So then when I came to Trinity, you know, I was expecting, this is what I was expecting, that when I came to Trinity, that that was just going to like advance bigger. Mm. Like I was going to be preaching more and I was going to be this and uh, maybe like an opportunity would open to all this stuff. Um, But what I've learned is that I learned the confidence in my calling and, and the, the foundation I needed to to walk through the trials, to walk through the hard stuff. But when I came to Trinity, I learned how to serve. Like yeah. I, I knew how to serve before. I knew how to serve. I, I served all the time. But like when I came to Trinity, I knew how to serve and continue to do the things that I knew I should be doing, but learn to do them to the best of my ability. I feel like when I came to Trinity, all of the things that were more like, inside that are more introverted we're being worked on so that maybe in the next season of life i can get to that place where the lord's like okay now now you can be in a place of, of like actually pastoring mm-hmm. um but that just goes to say that sometimes like the process doesn't look like what we think it looked mm-hmm. like you know like i feel like i learned the preaching part and like the the lights part i guess you could say like the part mm-hmm. the public part um first and then i learned the behind the scenes part um but yeah, just that, just to back up what Jeremy's saying, like there, there are, there's a process of things and sometimes it doesn't look at all.
0: And the re- the reason I say that, or I wanted to bring that up is because there's a lot of people that try to get into the ministry and they think, well, a pastor or whatever department it may be, it's like preach,
2: mm-hmm.
0: read the word, mm-hmm. go home, call it a day. Right. But there's more to it. Like there's other things that are necessary for you to, to learn, for you to get into that position. Yeah. And, and I mean, it was hard hitting for me as well, because obviously I, I mean, some of you guys may not know this, but I played high school basketball for university and we had this summer practice and this co- the coach was like, hey, I, I'm going to start you. Like, you're going to play this season. I want to start you. Like, you just have to come to the tryouts and you're on the team. Easy as that, right? And I remember going to a summer, like little open gym that we had just to see if you can get at other people. And I played really well. I was like, man, this is going to be a great year for me. So on and so forth. And I, I get in my car and like, God was like, Hey, I need you to like get serious about this kid's ministry thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I need you to quit basketball. Yeah, and stare. that was like the biggest heart drop of my life. Cause I mean, obviously as a kid, I was like, I'm going to go to the NBA I'm gonna, or the NBA or I'm going to play some sort of like <laughs> yeah, overseas some sort of or something. Yeah. yeah. And I was excited. I was getting, I was like, I was ready for it. And God was like, no, I need you to play i need you to i need you to play basketball i need you <laughs> to drop basketball like serious i need you to take this serious and I was like i got in the car and my dad was like yeah i'm proud of you blah 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 and i was like dad I, i'm quitting basketball and he's like why
2: <laughs> yeah
0: and it's like god told me to seriously hunker down on the kids ministry and he's like well i'm not gonna argue against that that's so what right. you want to do so and the next day i went right to pastor will he's like hey can i be uh, become your intern mm-hmm. and i and obviously i was like okay if god's called me to this i get this intern Go through the college, I get a pastor job, but it was like a hard awakening because I was like, "Hey, you gotta. There's a lot more to it." Yeah. He's like, "You know, this is not just preaching. Call today, go home. This is. Yeah. You're gonna preach. You're gonna talk to people. You're gonna. You're gonna uh, go to house visits. All these other stuff that are capable. Like, there's a process to this. Right. And it's like the same way as basketball. You got middle school, high school, get to college work out, do all that other stuff to get to the NBA. There's a process to everything and to accept that leader role into the position, uh, or a leader role into like the ministry. It's like, mm-hmm. you're not going to straight jump into it thinking I'm ready. It's nope. never like that. Never. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. That's really good. I mean, I, I feel like my, my life's theme has always been hurry up and wait and yeah, hurry up and wait. Like you get excited about what you know, God has called you to, but it's not Nothing for me ever comes easy. Nothing for me ever comes quickly. Um, I'm just someone where, like, here I am. I'm going to school for ministry, and I know it's what God has called me to, but I don't have, like, a specific um, ministry thing that I know God has called me to. Like, my thing I know is not going to be youth or kids. But yeah. where is God calling me to ministry? I don't know yet. Maybe this is just a foundation for something else. No. If I finish school and never use it, and it's just to help me raise my children, then it's worth it, mm-hmm. you know. And
1: Tyler becomes a pastor.
2: Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you never know.
0: But one thing, one thing I do respect about Caitlin—I don't know if you guys see this—but is what Caitlin is—that her openness to any like area of the church. Thanks. Yeah, it's like. I know I ask her sometimes if she can help with the kids and it's never like, well, no, I just don't feel like it. It's like, yeah, sure.
2: Yeah, sure.
0: Right. Yeah. I guarantee you, I know this, this is a stretch, but like if the media team asked Caitlin, Hey, can I, can you do sound? I bet you Caitlin would be like, yeah, sure. Just it teach me. Give me a hard attack,
2: but I would, I yeah. mean, I did it for pastor will yeah. one time for kids chapel and i was like shaking in my boots because i don't know anything about sound but i was like i was his intern that week and i was like oh my gosh jeremy was gone pastor joshua was gone and it was like him and Belinda. and i was like i don't know what i'm doing
0: (laughs) and then like that's one thing like if we're going to talk about leadership is like to be open and willingness To do those things even when if you don't feel like it.
2: I think God really opened up my heart like like Keegan said to the things that you don't realize or that maybe that you don't want to do or you're just like you have to become a willing servant and Mm -hmm. that's really what ministry is is yes, like our pastors here have job titles and you know, certain things that they handle, but they also have to be willing to handle the curveballs that are thrown at them and they are always thrown at them, you know?
1: I think the funniest the funniest church quote I know is uh like joke is like Oh, I just don't feel called to that. Like you ever, you ever yeah. heard? Hey, yeah. do you want? Can you help set us up? Help, help set up chairs for the youth. I'm just not called to that. Yeah. yeah. And and it's a funny joke, but like, the opposite of that is very true. The opposite of that would be, Hey, can you help us set up? Call to set up chairs, even though it's not directly affiliated with pastoring. Right. Yes. You are called to that. Like, mm-hmm. hey, can you sweep the the foyer? Mm-hmm. No, you're called to that. Hey, can yeah. you clean the toilets? You're called to that. Hey, can you go pray for that person? You're called to that. Can you go reach the homeless? You're called to that. Can you preach on a Sunday? You're called to can that. Can
2: you go clean out that closet for us? Like yeah. we've already cleaned three times this year. You're called yes, to we that. that. Yes. Yeah. Let's let's go do it.
1: Third floor? <laughs> and every third floor, we got it. And every aspect of serving, we're called to it. Yeah. Yeah. And um you know, I I know a good amount of people that are like, I just don't feel called to preach. It's just not my area. I'm like, mm. okay, although maybe preaching from a pulpit or whatever regularly yeah. may not be your area, but preaching is very Still, much a part of your calling. Yeah, yeah. Like,
2: I think people get that, that is, twisted. Yeah, yes.
1: That is a general call to every believer is right. to preach the word of God, whether it be in front of 10,000 people or to a stranger on the road, Yeah, you know, or mm-hmm. five wives in a house or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I meant like as in like yeah, a yeah, like yeah. a girl's group. You're good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Not my husband <laughs> breaching to five different
0: yeah,
1: no. uh. I'd be like, uh that could, that could have gone bad fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we would get, get you something. Um but just to kind of wrap things up, I guess this podcast was more just like an update on where we are as a uh, as T Cell members, also just in life and kinda of just some things that have been on our heart on our mind. Kind of just like a uh like a clean house. We're we kinda yeah. just all emptied our minds, which is good. I think I needed to empty my mind and and whatnot, which I could talk all day, so
2: <laughs> I feel like we do talk all day. Oh, yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> we'll talk for like a good thirty minutes after this podcast is yeah. over.
2: I mean, I think that's <laughs> I think it's good, though, because like Jeremy says, Jeremy's like, oh, I, I never get to respond or always forget to respond or whatever. He's always busy. But I feel like Jeremy's good about like always coming back later and being like, hey, what about that? Blah, blah, blah. Jeremy yeah, like, I'll a read, catalog.
0: It. I, look, I yeah. read it. Look, I read it. I promise I read it. <laughs> yeah,
2: there's like, but the thing is, is by the time you get to it, there's literally 45 text messages yeah. between yeah. us back and forth. Yeah. I mean, and we're just four people, you know, a part, that are a part of TESOL that just love each other and love the Lord and... um I don't know. I just feel like these types of things, just refreshing and, you know, airing out our hearts, whether it's emotional or just really talking to one another is Mm -hmm. what's important, especially when you serve the Lord, you just need those moments of people listening to you and giving you advice, but also just letting you talk.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, even though I don't talk at all in (laughs) that,
2: but you always come back later. (laughs) Yes
1: sir. Okay. Last thing about Peter, last thing about Peter, actually I know I I said we're wrapping it up, but (laughs) last (laughs) thing about Peter, um, Peter talks more than any other disciple in the Bible, or in the Gospels. He talks more than any other person but Jesus. Um, his name is mentioned more than any other disciple in the Gospels besides Jesus, and he has one of the most major influences of the early church and the modern church in, out of all the disciples, right? But along with his influence, along with God allowing him to have such a great influence, G or. Peter is also rebuked more than any other disciple, called out more than any other disciple, referred to as Satan more than any other disciple. A um,
2: little bit mouthier, huh? Mm.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> so ju- just to say that um, I something that I pray for is a community that we can speak and we can talk, but also a community that is not afraid to sometimes rebuke you or mm. sometimes to, mm. to call you out. Um, and I think that's what we have here at TESOL. So if anybody yeah. is interested in this upcoming uh, semester— through. Slide through. We um, want everybody. We are. We. I, I can say we are so, a solid community. Um, but honestly, if you're not looking to be challenged, T cells not the the, the place yeah. for
0: you. We're gonna be honest. We're gonna be truthful to you. And uh, if it's something that you can't take, like
1: being truthful, <laughs>
2: we sound like such bullies. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then go home. No. <laughs> no. But, it's no. in love. It All comes from love. Much. But yeah. We're just honest. We we are a challenging mm. group of people. But anyways, thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, we love you. And as always, man, we're out.
0: Peace. Yeah.